It's, uh, it's good to see everyone. It's good to be together today. Uh, happy Independence Day. And um, how many of you had Jay's wearing his red pants on your church bingo card today? Right? If you didn't think, I mean, it's July 4th, so if you didn't think I was going to bust him out. Um, so I remember in eighth grade, my, uh, my American history class uh, at least I'm pretty sure it was eighth grade, but um, when I was in eighth grade and I, and I, and I remember going into this class and it was um, it, the, the teacher, I, I specifically remember the way he started this class, first day of school, first day in this class on American history, and here's how he starts the class. Um, he looks at everybody and he says, so um, the United States, America, we are the number one country in the world. He said, we're, we're the number one country in the world. We're the number one superpower in the world. And, and he looked at the whole class and he said, so let me ask you this question. Who made us number one? He goes, who made us boss? And you know, we're like, you know, it just felt like a trick question. You know, you're like, there's no way I'm gonna answer this right. You know, because you're thinking different things and, and all of that. And, and so he let the awkward silence sit there for a second, like I just did. And, and he says this, we did. We made us number one. I was like, wow. You know, and, and now his point in that was really to kind of set up where we were going to go in learning through the entire year and, and, and all of that stuff. And, and he wasn't trying to be arrogant, but he was also showing um, that particular aspect of it, because in, in many ways, he was right. He was right, but the slippery slope of arrogance that that sits on is nothing to shake a stick at, because power corrupts, and pride comes before the fall. We, we know that, we've heard that, we've seen that throughout history. And while the U.S. does remain at the top uh, of the list when it comes to military and economic influence, and dominance and all of that, being number one is something that Americans, uh, we have grown accustomed to, and we take great pride in, um, sometimes rightfully so, most times uh, from the arrogant standpoint when it comes to what the rest of the world believes. But you know, as a believer, this can cause us uh, to stumble, this, this idea and, and the, the aspects of that that come, come from it because seeking the kingdom of the American dream over the kingdom of God is not what God had in mind. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I love our country. I'm so thankful to live in our country. And we all know freedom is not free. We've heard that before. And we know that the truth of that, um, freedom is not free. And a price was paid so that we can be sitting here right now, gathered together, whether in person, online, together in this country, to be able to worship freely, that a price was paid and is continuing to be paid. And I am so grateful and so thankful that we do live in the greatest country in the world. And I'm so thankful for it, so fortunate as we all are. And I do want to take a moment today to acknowledge all of those who have served or are serving in our nation's military um, and our first responders. But I'd also like to honor those who have lost family members uh, who have died in service to our country. So I do want to just take a pause for a second and ask if, if you know, for those of you that are here that fall into that category or, or one of those categories, would you please stand so that we can say thank you? If, if that's you, would you please stand? We've, we, if you're in our military, first responders, or you've lost someone, thank you. Thank you, thank you. 
because as, as, as I've said, freedom is not free. A price was paid and is continuing to be paid, and I'm so thankful and so grateful for that. Um, but like these heroes and those that, that stand and those around the world today and, and in our country today, they've, they've put themselves in a position to lay down their life in some way, shape, or form for the freedoms that we enjoy today and are continuing to enjoy. But, you know, Jesus laid his life down as well in order to purchase our freedom from sin and death. And he did that to establish a kingdom that is greater, greater than any other kingdom that ever will be. And so that's where I want to start right now is with this statement that God's kingdom is greater than any earthly kingdom. God's kingdom is greater than any earthly kingdom. And, you know, I think we know this. I think we, like, I don't think this blew anybody's mind just now. But I really want to look into this idea this morning and really looking at how we prioritize um, the kingdom of God versus maybe the kingdom of ourselves um, because it does affect us. Now, let's be, let's be certain here. America, in American history, there are many commendable acts, many amazing things of acts of bravery and sacrifice that, that have been done in the name of freedom. And it is right and it is good to remember and honor and respect the people and, and all of that, the efforts that have been made to ensure the freedoms that we experience in this country. Absolutely. You better believe it. There are also acts that we know, as, as with any of us, there are things that we've done in the name of freedom that maybe we're not so proud of. And we shouldn't forget those either because we can learn from those as we move forward and, and be better as we move forward. But you know, we, we do well to show thankfulness to God for the opportunity to live in a free and prosperous country that we do live in, but we have to be careful. We have to be careful to give full to, to not give full allegiance to anyone other than our Heavenly Father, to our Heavenly Father who makes this all possible. And this is really the picture I want to examine for ourselves today within each and every one of us that I want to look at when it comes to this Independence Day that, that we get the chance to celebrate together in God's house. So if you have your Bibles, turn to First Chronicles chapter 29. That is in the Old Testament. I know we haven't been in the Old Testament very much, uh, but that is, uh, that's, yeah, a little closer to Genesis than it is to Revelation. Um, so if you do have your Bibles or your, uh, your Bible app, you can uh, turn there. We're going to be in the last chapter of 1 Chronicles chapter 29. And the nation of Israel has some similarities to some of the, some of the things that, I'm, that I've been talking about here for a minute. Uh, and King David knew it. And so in this passage in 1 Chronicles, we, we're going to see King David's prayer. This is really one of his like final uh, declarations, his final speeches that he, that he gives before turning over the throne to his son, Solomon. Um, but I want you to see the posture that he takes here. I want you to see the perspective that he has on his country, on his leadership, and the believers that he is, uh, I guess, sort of teaching and, and, and leading as well. Uh, and so the book of First Chronicles, if, if you've never read it, uh, is really a highlight reel of King David's reign. 
Um, that, that's really what a, what a majority of it is. And, it, and it's really also a reminder of the covenant that God has with David that's called the Davidic covenant. And everyone in Israel knew this. They knew that the Davidic covenant meant that the Messiah was going to come from the line of David. And so that's encouraging, yeah? And that's, and that's great, and that's an awesome thing to know, but that could also lead to a place of, of arrogance, of entitlement, and, and all of that. And and so David had to kind of keep everybody in check a little bit because you've got people that are rebuilding their lives after captivity. And yes, they're encouraged and all of those things. Um, but these are the last official words from him to the nation as he's turning it over to Solomon. And so look, I, w- I want you to look here at the focus that he puts on, on the kingdom of God versus the kingdom of earth here. And so David kind of teaches some major lessons and some life lessons that he'd learned, but he does it through prayer. And it's really cool. And so I'm not putting it on the screen. I want you to read it along with me or just listen if you're not able. I'm going to be in the NLT, and it's First Chronicles 29, verses 10 through 18. And so if you're not, not able to follow along, maybe on a device or a Bible in front of you, just listen and listen to the way in which David focuses on the kingdom of God says this, beginning in verse 10. Then David praised the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly. O Lord, the God of our ancestor Israel, may you be praised forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power, the glory, the victory, and the majesty. Everything in the heavens and on earth is yours, O Lord, and this is your kingdom. We adore you as the one who is over all things. Wealth and honor come from you alone, for you rule over everything. Power and might are in your hand, and at your discretion, people are made great and given strength. Oh, our God, we thank you and we praise your glorious name. But who am I and who are my people that we could give anything to you? Everything we have has come from you, and we give you only what you first gave us. We are here only for a moment. Visitors and strangers in the land as our ancestors were before us. Our days on earth are like a passing shadow, gone too soon without a trace. O Lord our God, even this material we have gathered to build a temple to honor your holy name comes from you. It all belongs to you. I know, my God, that you examine our hearts and rejoice when you find integrity there. You know I have done all this with good motives, and I have watched your people offer their gifts willingly and joyously. O Lord, the God of our ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, make your people always want to obey you. See to it that their love for you never changes. So David humbly recognizes God as the provider of all things. Provider of all things. He acknowledges that the kingdom of God is greater than any earthly kingdom. And this was an important perspective for him to take. But I also want you to see the three points that he kind of makes as he's praying here. He's praying and kind of teaching at the same time. And he gives us a little bit of a template with how to maybe approach God in the right way and with the right frame of mind and perspective. And, and it's simply this. Praise him, thank him, ask him. Praise him, thank him ask him. And this is a really good template for prayer. I know I talk to people at times that are uh, intimidated about praying and maybe the right way to pray or things like that. And I know I've given you some templates before, 
This is a really, really simple one that, that works really well. And it's actually a template that Jesus uses in Matthew chapter 6 when he teaches the disciples to pray. If you really break down the way he goes through that prayer, this is what he does. He starts with thank him, or praise him, thank him, ask him. And the posture before the Lord here is a perspective that is kept all the way throughout, talking about God's kingdom throughout this prayer and, and talking about uh, the premise of God's kingdom over our earthly kingdom. And so the leadership he's leaving behind here to his family, to the nation, is needed to remind them of this fact over and over and over. And we need reminded of that over and over and over as well because we start building up our own personal earthly kingdoms and they start maybe becoming more important than God's kingdom and we have to maybe put ourselves in check and be reminded over and over and over again, don't we? I know I do. And so the other great thing about this that, that David talks about is how God's kingdom is not limited to a single nation. It's not limited to a geographical locale. It's not in a specific time in history. And David knows that it's been God's hand that has brought them through and brought them to this moment and brought them to this place of prosperity in their nation, that it's because of him. And so he ends the prayer by asking God to keep the hearts of the people in that perspective and keep the hearts of the people turned towards God. And in verse 15, maybe one of your translations as you, as you were reading this, it, it talks about how your strangers um, before you and sojourners, it says. It uses the word sojourners in, in a few different translations. And that word there is talking about someone who's just passing through. That's really what a sojourner is. And they really don't have a permanent home. And so by praying these words, David is actually like kind of teaching that idea that, that our, our home is the kingdom of God. Our home is not here, this earthly kingdom, and, and that we are in many ways passing through. Now, we should definitely take care of the country in which we live in and, and, and our loyalties and all of those things, but we're just passing through this land. And we're forever, though, a part of God's kingdom. We're forever a part of God's kingdom, and, and, and that's why we're to be in the world but not of it. Even Jesus prayed that in his priestly prayer, priestly prayer, say that five times fast, in John chapter 17. Look at this verse here. It says that they are not of the world. This is Jesus praying for the church, praying for you and for me. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Think about what he's really saying here, though. Think about the premise that, that, that he's talking about. Yes, he's praying for protection, for the church, but at the same time, he is setting the tone for where our loyalties should truly lie. Sometimes that's kind of hard to wrap your mind around um, because when, when we think about um, a kingdom, we do think about borders and, and, and things along those lines. So let me put it this way. Maybe some of you have been to this place before. There's a really cool place in the United States that's called Four Corners. It's called Four Corners. I see some heads nodding. I, I think some, some people have probably been there or maybe at least heard of it. And so here's what it is. When you visit it, it's out west. Um, you can actually go to a spot where at the exact same time you can stand in four different states. You can stand in Utah, Colorado, New Mexico, and Arizona all at the same time because they all come together in one little point. And here it is. Um, this, is, this is the spot where it comes together. There's just a, a piece of, uh, you know, a slab of concrete down. And this is where 
the border is. I was talking to somebody after the first hour who was telling me that like they've been there and they said it's literally in the middle of nowhere. Um, that there's nothing like 45 minutes on either in any direction you want to drive. Um, but it's really cool because you're able to stand in four different states at the same time. I guess it depends on the way you position your feet there um, and how you want to do that. Or you could just go from state to state to state really fast and get dizzy. Um, however you want to do that. But you know what's cool is, is, is when, you're, when you're there and you see those lines and those borders, like you understand what that means. Um, but these borders that are there are, are things that kind of, um, kind, of, kind of keep us trapped with that idea when we apply that to the kingdom of God because you can, you can be in those states, but you're not really from those states. You can travel through those states, but that's not really where you're from. You can't really be a part of them. You can just kind of be there. You can travel through them. Now, yeah, we're from Ohio and all of that, but at the same time, God's kingdom, it's not like that at all. God's kingdom, it's, it's everywhere. God's kingdom is everywhere. And there will never be a border crisis in God's kingdom, okay? There will never be a border crisis. Um, it has no borders. It's not limited by age. It's not limited by, uh, by place. It's not limited by race. It's not limited by, by any of those things that we try to limit the borders and people by. It's not limited by any of that. It's open to all. In some ways, that's the offense of the gospel. But as Paul says this in, in Galatians chapter 3, he says, There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male or female. You are all one in Christ Jesus. And, and what, what he's saying by getting down to, you know, breaking this down is that none of these things are dividing lines that keep this or that person from entering in. You are all one in Christ Jesus. We are all part of the kingdom of God. It doesn't matter what your background is or what race you belong to. If you love Jesus, you belong to him, and that is all that matters. He doesn't hear one type of person over another type of person. If you're a follower of Jesus, we are all in the kingdom, and that's an awesome thing. And God wants us to treat this world that way as well. We're here, and we need to take care of it. Absolutely, God has put us here as stewards and all of those things. And we need to look after it the best that we can. Absolutely, but this isn't our true home. And borders and walls and countries and kingdoms that are not of God, those can all be taken away. Those can all come crashing down. Those can all be ripped out from under us. Our true home is the kingdom of God that we are all part of, or we all have the opportunity to be a part of. And our true home, that being the kingdom of God, not only are we a part of it, but here's the other cool thing, is we all also have the opportunity to help build it. We have the opportunity to help build the kingdom of God. We are helping God build his kingdom. That's part of our calling. That's part of our mandate as the church as followers of Jesus, is to help God build his kingdom. David knew it even back then. Before the Messiah had come, David knew that part of our calling is to help build the kingdom of God. In verse 16 of that passage that we read, David is, is celebrating the soon-to-be construction of the temple. If you read some verses before that, 
You'll see how different people brought different, uh, different things to help build the temple, whether they were bringing jewels or, or gold or, uh, or iron or, you know, all, there's all these different uh, things that people are bringing, or even just money to help build the kingdom of God. Because prior to that moment, prior to that time, access to God was in a tent. It was called the tent of meeting. But David knew that his son, because God had told him, his son Solomon was going to build an amazing temple for God. And so people from all over Israel came to give gifts and they gave their money and valuable items and all of those things and talents to help build the temple for God. But it wasn't to build a building. It was to build God's kingdom. Hear that. It wasn't to build a building. It was to build God's kingdom. And it's like that today. It's still like that today. That is our mandate today as well, that we're trying to help people understand that they can be a part of God's kingdom. That's part of what we're all called to do to help build the kingdom. And it takes each and every one of us, and it takes our own special talents and gifts and abilities that God has blessed each and every one of you with to be a part of that. That's why when I think about our multi-purpose building, the new building that we're uh, that we're working on. That's why it is more than a building, is because it's about the kingdom. We've got some good news happening with that here soon, hopefully. Um, just a quick sidebar for a second. We, we should be, uh, be able to, to be moving forward here soon. Please keep praying um, for that. We're hoping to be able to, to resubmit to Summit County here in just the next couple of days. Um, and so just praying that, that that moves along, just to give you a real quick update on there. That's, that's really about the best I can do right now for you. Um, but it is moving forward, and as I've said over and over again, and I will continue to say, it's going to be in God's timing, not in ours. But the, 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 the premise behind that, the focus behind that is not to build a building so that we can say, look at us. It's to say, look at Jesus. And it's to point people to Jesus and to connect people to Jesus and to grow the kingdom of God. Did you know that the U.S. has actually been the greatest sender of missionaries ever? Um, it's a high value, or at, le at least it was. It's a high value for the church. It's a high value for our church. Our church, we, we highly value our missionaries. That's why we have a group of people that are on our missions leadership team that help to steward the money and the resources and all of that that goes right to our missionaries. It's why we have a place on our, on our giving, whether it's the envelopes or, or if you give online like I do, where you can give right to missions and you can give right to that. And it's because it's something that we highly value. It's why Mission Akron is starting next week and, and why we're looking at doing missions trips and things like that uh, and, and continuing to move forward with building the mission outside of just these walls and outside of this property and in the community and outside the state and all of that because the kingdom of God is not limited by borders and it's our job. We are charged, we are called to continue to grow and build the kingdom of God and so we look for every opportunity we can to do that and we all have a part to play. Even if your part to play is just to give 20 bucks a week toward missions, that's a part that you have to play in building the kingdom of God throughout the world, outside of the borders that we like to put up. We all have a part in growing the kingdom of God. And the person sitting next to you or down the row from you, their part in it is different and can be different than, than yours. That's a great thing about the kingdom of God is that it's not limited by any of those borders that we like to put up. We all have a part to play. 
And so in David's prayer here in verse 14, he's talking about how everything comes from God's hand. And that includes everything. That includes the chairs. That includes this building, the talents and resources that each one of us have, the the ability that we have to breathe. Everything comes from God. And David recognizes that as much as we recognize that here as well. God loves each and every one of us and has a part to play for each and every one of us. And he needs your help. God wants your help to build his kingdom. And that's an amazing thing. But that has to start with making him, hear me, because we're getting to the point of the whole thing, has to start with making him number one, with making God number one, with making his kingdom number one. He wants us to make him number one before your family. He wants, he needs to be number one before your friends. He needs to be number one before your country. He needs to be number one to help build his kingdom because that's what's most important is building his kingdom. And it's that trickle-down effect. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. It's that trickle-down effect of the priorities in the right places because if God is in the right place as number one, all of those other things fall into place. All of those other things are more blessed because of that. Jesus said it himself. In the same chapter as the Lord's Prayer, he says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, he says, but seek first the kingdom of God. There's no other way to interpret that. He's being very clear here. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. See, he's even saying if you seek God's kingdom first, the trickle-down effect is going to happen. Seek him first. And so as believers, as believers, we need to align our identity in Christ. We need to allow that with our dual citizenship that we have, because we do. We have a dual citizenship as followers of Jesus. We are citizens of heaven first and of America second. I mean, what's, what's the goal here with the faith that we're teaching? that we're teaching to our kids? What is, what is the legacy, as I talked about a couple of weeks ago? We run into problems, though, when we seek our own kingdoms over his. And I know that's something that I have to remind myself of often, because we do. We, we, we start building our own little kingdoms above and beyond God, and sometimes we don't even realize it. And so as David is kind of putting the nation of Israel in check here, I'm, I'm also putting myself and all of us uh, in check in some ways to, to really look at where are we as we do celebrate the freedoms that we have in this country today, absolutely, but where are we at in our priorities of God's kingdom versus our own kingdom? That's why the connection point for the day is this. Seek God's kingdom first. Let's seek God's kingdom first because we run into problems when we seek our own kingdom over his. And we do it over and over and over again. So are we truly seeking the kingdom of God? Let me just ask, ask you that for a second, to just take a moment to reflect for just a minute. Are you truly seeking the kingdom of God in every aspect of your life? That's hard to do. That's difficult to do. 
but it's something we need to constantly remind ourselves of. We need to understand it's gonna take humility, it's gonna take honesty, and it's gonna take a heart turned toward God to maintain a healthy perspective for our earthly purposes. I love our country, don't get me wrong. But if our focus as the church, the big church, the big C church, holistically, if it's more about the earthly kingdom than it is about God's kingdom, we're gonna be in trouble. It needs to be about God's kingdom first. Maybe you have been focusing on other kingdoms in your life. Like I said, I struggle there too. Maybe things don't quite make sense in some aspects of your life and that might be because you're seeking your own kingdom over God's kingdom. It doesn't work when you put them in the wrong order. Will you bow your heads with me? We live in a country where we don't have to hide, where we are free to worship the one true God and I Praise God, and I'm so thankful for that. But as David said to the nation of Israel, we need to say to ourselves as well that we need to keep God's kingdom in perspective and the fact that we all have a part in building that. If you've been trying to build your own kingdom and things aren't coming together, you're feeling lost and just discombobulated and all over the place, and you're wondering why, God, things aren't making sense. Maybe it's because you're spending more time building your kingdom than building his. Because when you build his, your heart starts to align more with his and you start to see the blessings in your life in other areas because your focus and your perspective and your priorities are where they should be. This is a daily reminder we need for each one of us. I'm so thankful to live in a country where we can freely worship where we don't have to hide. We don't have to wonder if maybe today's gonna be the last time we get together to worship God publicly like this because of this or that. But let's keep the kingdom of God number one in our life. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, then, then it's really hard to make the kingdom of God number one in your life because you're still focusing on yourself. So if you're not sure you're gonna spend eternity with Jesus in heaven, I would, I would love to talk to you today and pray with you and show you what his word has to say about that. We've got resources online as well at connectchurch.xyz slash next. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your love and your mercy and your grace. I thank you for this amazing privilege we have to be a part of building and growing your kingdom your kingdom that will never end, your kingdom that has no borders, your kingdom that welcomes anyone and everyone who puts their faith and trust in you. God, it is our responsibility. It is our duty. It is also our privilege to reach out to those and to grow your kingdom and to connect people to you. So God, I pray that, that as we do celebrate today the freedoms we have in this country, and, and we are so blessed and so thankful for that, Father. Help us to use those freedoms, though, to grow your kingdom and to put your kingdom first in our life. Father, if there's one watching, if there's one here that doesn't know you as Savior, Lord, that they're, they're still trying to build their kingdom, Lord, I pray that, that your Holy Spirit would move 
in them and it would push them to a place of surrender and repentance to you to to have a relationship with you pray that they would be willing to take that step and and maybe come forward or talk to the person that's with them holy spirit i pray that you would just continue to move keep us safe as we go our separate ways today pray that you would just give us a great day as we celebrate all that you've done in our life we love you we thank you in jesus name we pray Amen.